Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. I think you have to have a good feel for the sport. And I think by having a love and a real interest in the sport, it makes you do your job better because you're more connected and you understand the business because it's like other businesses. There's something that that business does really well. And in football, we produce a good football team and that's what we have to work for. Just like if you're in bottled water, you want to produce the best bottled water product on the shelf. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Strength in the Numbers. Now you've just heard from Dan Crum, CFO of the Kansas City Chiefs. And Dan is probably the first guest mentor we've had on from a sports organization. And in particular, the sports organization that Dan is CFO of, for those of you who follow American football, actually won this year's Super Bowl, Super Bowl 54, in a very exciting end-of-season finale. So Dan and I do talk a bit of sport and actually why it's important to have a love of the sport, but similar to love the business you're in, it's how we better connect and can make a bigger impact and influence with the organization. With that sort of theme, we actually go into the four parts of building a winning finance team and also how we can keep them competitive into the future. And Dan shares some really practical advice that he does and is useful for all of us to keep being relevant. Now, obviously I had to ask Dan, what was it like to be part of, of that winning Super Bowl team? Uh, because uh, the guys on the field can't perform without a good support network behind them as well. So uh, Dan enlightens us to the interaction between finance, the rest of the organization, the team on the pitch and so on, and actually how he can draw inspiration from uh, the guys on the field. Uh, Particularly a lot of the unseen work behind the scenes, actually, that uh, we and ourselves and finance are very familiar with, but perhaps other parts of the organization aren't. Additionally, we delve into the importance of creating a culture of continuous improvement and being more readily adaptable to deal with the rapid changes that we're all facing. And uh, rather intriguing towards the end of the podcast, we actually talk about the emerging role of behavioral science and the impact and advantage it can help us deliver in finance. And Dan and I have a very similar favorite book as well, that he recommends towards the end. So look, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was really great catching up with Dan. Dan's passion for finance as well as the sport of American football and the Kansas City Chief really shines through. So I think you'll really love this show. And of course, as always, we really appreciate when you recommend the show to colleagues and friends. They can subscribe on all the major platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube and Spotify. And we really appreciate you tuning in to listen to us today. So without further ado, over to Dan and the show. Dan, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Andrew. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. And it's a pleasure to, to have an opportunity to chat again as well, because I really enjoyed our last conversation. And I said, like, oh, should we should have really just recorded that one. That was that would have been great. So it's great to have you back so we can share some of your thoughts with our audience. Now, um, you know, you and uh, your organization have had a fantastic year. So rather than me go on about that, would you mind maybe share a bit about your journey in accounting and finance? Sure. I can tell you, I can go all the way back to when I was a child. You know, my dad used to, he would, uh, you know, get the financial section of the newspaper and we would read and look at all the stock, you know, New York Stock Exchange companies and 
we would pick companies. He would invest in companies for me and my brother and buy stock for us and just keep it. And so he taught us how to you know, look at stocks and, and he was an entrepreneur. He has, he still has his own business. And so that was really kind of the seeds of how I got started in business. And so then fast forward to college, I knew I wanted to go to business school, but I just didn't know exactly what I wanted to do as far as whether it be accounting, finance, management. But then, you know, two years into it, you take a lot of your, you know, kind of normal courses and you get a taste of everything. And it was that first principles of finance course that right away, I just knew at that point, this is, it clicked and this, this is where I wanted to go. This is what I want in my future, my career to be. And it just all made sense, Andrew. It was everything from net present value, discounted cash flow, debt structure, capital structure, all of those things, valuation just made sense. And I just had this thirst for knowledge and just kept on taking courses, got my degree in finance, and then went on to get my MBA and took more finance, more accounting courses, and then he ultimately uh, became certified public accountant and a charter global management accountant. And that's really how I got into the finance field and uh, worked in a number of different industries before I got into the sports business. So I spent about 18 years and I worked at KPMG was my first job. So got a real good basis in accounting, you know, real good base there. Saw a lot of different companies too, because I worked on middle market clients. So I was able to see a lot of companies and see, you know, the entire operation, how they did what they did, what systems they used and how they were structured. So that really formed a good basis for me. Worked a number of different industries, software, the oil and gas business, bottled water, the gaming business. So I, I had a real diverse background leading up to sports. So that first 18 years was a lot of different pieces. And then the second phase of 14 years I've been in now has been, you know, all sports. So it's been a very stable part of my career as being in sports in one industry for that long. And so, you know, really the way I got into you know, the sports business was yeah. I never, you know, imagined that I was going to be in the sports business. When, when I first started off in college and graduated and got my first job, I just thought, okay, I'm I'm going to work for, you know, a bank or finance company or just a company and, you know, be in, my goal was always to be a CFO. That was the goal that I'd set. I never really envisioned that I would be in the sports business. And around 2005 was when Hurricane Katrina had struck and I'm from New Orleans originally, flooded the city. And so the company I was working for was a bottled water company and it was, our bottling plant was flooded and destroyed. Wow. So they sold the company to a competitor and that caused us to have to start looking for other jobs. And so I just reached out to somebody that I'd worked with at KPMG. I worked for at KPMG. He was the managing partner at the time and he had a real good network. And so I asked him if he knew anybody who was looking for a CFO and it just so happened. I didn't know this, but he was the personal financial advisor to the owner of the Brilliant Hornets basketball. And so he's moving back from Oklahoma City, where they were relocated to, and they're looking for a CFO. And so he got me 
the interview and went through the process. And that's how I got in. Uh, and they, I received an offer. And that's how I my entry into the sports world. And also, one thing that I should add is not to divert, but if you go all the way back to when I was in college, I was an event security officer at the Superdome in New Orleans. I did have a little bit of experience with sports, you know, in the sports world. It was great, you know, to have that job because that's still, I look back at, you know, my part-time jobs when I was in school and that was really one of my favorites. It must be interesting, yeah, like to uh, to have been back at the, the the Superdome in essence, you know. And for our international audience, Superdome is sort of where the, the New Orleans Saints play their football as well. That's correct. And yeah. uh, to find your way back up there. So, yeah, it must have been interesting to be back there. But you sort of, I mean, it's interesting you say you'd never set out to do sports, but I imagine to be... To be a CFO of a sports uh, franchise, sports business, you've got to love the sport as well, right? Yeah, I think that's you know, a very accurate statement. I think you have to have a good feel for the sport. And I think by having a love and a real interest in the sport, it makes you do your job better because you're more connected and you understand the business because it's like other businesses. There's something that that business does really well and, and football we produce a good football team and that's what we have to work for. Just like if you're in bottled water, you want to produce the best bottled water product on the shelf. It, you know, ha- understanding the game and having a connection to it and following it helps you to do your job better. You know, and behind the scenes, we, the work we do is the same as if we were working for a, a bottled water company or a, a regular corporate organization, but it does allow us to have a better connection to to what not only to the team but to our fans because they're passionate as well, and we're in this for our fans. Yeah, because because like um, and that, and that's the thing I suppose. I'm, I, by the way, like I have to say, like football is one of my favorite sports. I know I'm based over here in Ireland and. We don't have a professional team here per se, but a big follower of the NFL. Uh, and I want to also say a big congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs as well. What a great year you guys have had. So it must have been a great year to have um, been part of that, that that setup. Yes. Well, thank you very much, Andrew. It's, I can use many terms to describe it, but I think one of the most appropriate terms is it just feels like it's a surreal experience <laughs> to have been part of it, you know, behind the scenes, just be part of this this organization, just be part of what happened. You know, this is an event that I've you know, been in the sports business now for about 14 years and never won a championship. And and to have this and the ability to be part of it and to be there for it. You know, when, when we won the Super Bowl, I was in Miami. I was you know, there and you know, got to go to you know, the post-game celebrations <laughs> and just see how big of an event and how big this is to win the Super Bowl and to win a championship, to actually feel that. But it was it was an amazing experience that it hits you in in you know kind of phases and waves and, and it still hasn't completely there's times where you still you kind of look back and say, Did we really win the Super Bowl? <laughs> But, but what a great feeling to have i'd like i suppose how do you i mean because i know i know the team had a number of near misses i suppose and almost made it and finally did you know and you know they're probably best season across course of a number of seasons you know i say that as a patriots fan myself um i hope we don't lose any listeners because of that but um <laughs> but, uh, yeah uh, yeah but uh but i suppose then like um you know how do you i mean how do you build towards that i mean the team did their bit but you know you're a support 
element of that the organization behind the team how do you set a finance team up to support the team to to that level of success i mean sort of what sort of steps looking back on it you took they thought hmm, they were good steps to take i think they really helped us get there so you know it really starts with the people and hiring good people and making sure that we have people that that also have the vision for the future that they know what we're doing now but they know where we're going and what we want to do and it's there's so much that's changing in the industry and so many more tools available to us so it's really picking you know making sure we've got the right people in place we're training them properly and we're exposing them to all the, the technology and the tools that are out there and we're we're going through a really good process to select the right tools that are going to keep us moving forward. And because in finance, you touch everything, you touch the entire organization and you have to, you know, on the, on the business side and on the football side, you have to be really aware of everything that's happening because you do the budgeting, you make sure all the bills are paid. You make sure that we, we evaluate what decisions make sense, what don't make sense as far as in the context of, our overall strategic plan, how does that fit in? So you know, we're kind of that part of the organization that's embedded throughout that season. I, I suppose it's interesting how you started those steps, Dan. You started with people, vision, technology, nothing about the numbers yet. I mean, you know, why don't we start out? It's always about the numbers, making sure everything added up. Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely, Andrew. So, and, so that's, that's very interesting. It's a big, that must be a big change, you know? But that's a good point, though, because with the numbers, everything comes back to that as far as how we make decisions, because we make them in the context of you're going to do your normal cost benefit analysis. You're going to do your net present value analysis and all the decisions we make, we flow through those filters and we have to make sure that the it starts too with making sure the numbers are accurate. We've got to make sure that they are accurate. They're timely. And we can trust them. So when we do make those decisions, we can go back to those numbers and know, okay, we, these numbers are vetted. And for, let's see, as long as my team has been in place in the finance department, we have gone through every year with our independent audits and we haven't had any adjustments. So, you know, so I'm very confident in the numbers that we produce. Yeah, you know, I have a great team and and they do a great job. And that makes it a lot easier, Andrew, when you know you can trust those numbers. And whenever something is, whenever they do an analysis or they prepare something and you review it, you know it's right. You know, I was getting a sense of it when you said team, Dan. I was sort of like thinking, okay, what happens on the pitch as well is like the guys executing their playbooks, you know, and it's, um, you know, they know what plays they need to run when. And if it's done with the right accuracy, you know, you know then you're probably going to have a good outcome. Uh, they have to trust each other as well to do their jobs. Do you ever sort of use those analogies or get that sense of interplay between, you know, the guys on the field and you guys, you know, supporting them in, in the office? Yes, they're so busy, Andrew, that we get to see them in the cafeteria when it's time to eat. <laughs> and we see them walking around the building, but they just really, on, on, you know, the players, they're so busy and they're always either on the practice field or they're in the video room and, you know, with position coaches going through meetings and or working out their their days are so full they're there early in the morning and they leave you know it's it's five six o'clock before they're finished with their day but looking at them and monitoring them and seeing what they do is like the sort of any so anything you take from their world into into your finance team's world to sort of you know sort of say yeah we could learn from them and, and sort of like this is how we trust each other this is a good play for us to run or 
Is there any sort of interplay between them? That's what I'm sort of wondering. Absolutely, Andrew. So my office overlooks the practice fields. Ah, and so right. I see, you know, I get to look out and see what, you know, what they're doing. And I just, it, it amazes me how, you know, how structured and regimented and how to the minute everything they do, there's a time for everything. There's a, there's a process, there's a drill for this long, and then there's this drill and they go through all you know, their various parts of practice and they get a, a huge amount of work done in a relatively short period of time because they follow the process. They have good coaching. They all work together well as a team. And so I look at all that and it just really, it gets me, you know, sort of inspired and, and mm. hey, I see what they do and how much they get prepared. And, uh, you know, when you're trying to get prepared for the upcoming opponent and you're looking at all the game films and you're installing plays and packages and there's just so much to do and not a whole lot of time to do it. It's not like we have weeks and weeks to do it. We've got to get yeah. ready for the opponent in a few days. Yeah. So that really, I, I take that and you know, our people also, some of our other people, they get to see the same thing. And so it's really that watching what they do, their process, how they approach their work and how diligent they are and just how they, they really have that focus. It's just a really sharp focus. And that really inspires me to do the job that I do. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way of framing it, Dan. I think, um, you know, obviously we don't we don't have to have the bumps and bruises, I suppose, that these guys are going through. But but I think a lot of our audience can <laughs> relate to. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think we can relate relate to the focus, but also like that uh, on the pressure to to execute the process properly, make sure it's it's operating as intended, uh, and also figuring out when things aren't working, you know, and installing new processes because as much as you know built a successful team and and uh, you know Kansas City had some success on the field as well as well in your your finance org how how do you build for the future then in terms of you know sustain and and actually go to the next level because we just can't stand still in this day and age we need to adapt i guess like the guys in the field do so i mean how are you managing that ability to to adapt and and improve and, and move on Yes. Yeah. We're very fortunate in the business we're in, in the NFL. We really spend a good bit of time talking to our counterparts at other clubs because on the field, we're competitors, but off the field, on the business side, you know, we, we share ideas and best practices. So we have just a, a really, really great pipeline of talent and ideas that we can tap into. There's a number of people, at, you know, later this morning, I'm going to be talking to my counterpart at another club about a certain thing. And we have that opportunity to share ideas. We even get together once a year for a league finance meeting where all the CFOs get together. And so it's really, it's a great opportunity. And, and the way we look at it is we talk to our, our counterparts and What's working? What are you What are you seeing that maybe could help us do this better, be more efficient? And so it's really, Andrew, it's about looking at how can we make the job we do right now better, more efficient, quicker, all of those things. And so we talk to our counterparts. We also have third parties that we bounce ideas off of, consultants, and I network a lot outside of you know the sports business and just in corporate business in general, and just. What are you all seeing that's helping you handle this part of your job? And that's how we get ideas. And it's, it's that innovation of just really trying to do things better, finding a better way to do things. 
That's fantastic to hear because as much as it could be competitive on the field, I love that collaboration going on off the field because that raises the bar for everyone. Because if everyone's sharing what's working, then it forces everyone to get better because if, if you're not getting better, then you're getting left behind. And um, right. it's leveling the playing field to some degree, but the bar is now higher because there's no hiding spots. You're, you're completely visible and transparent. You, you have to get better. Um, right. And I right. just, I know we've not talked about it, but we're going through this pandemic at the moment. And that's one key theme that's coming out to me, Dan, is that um, people are now reckon the need, recognizing the need to go and talk more with others and share stories of what works and what doesn't. And realize no one has all the answers, but if we share what works and what doesn't, it actually makes the journey a bit easier and actually more rewarding and better for everyone else. I agree. And I think just as you and I have had Zoom conferences and you know, you know, video conferences, I'm doing much, much more of that and talking to more people than I would normally have talked to because of where we are. And so to your point, if we're, if we're sharing, this is how we're getting through this, these are the tools that we're using and this is how we're doing it. It makes it better for everybody because we all learn from that. So that's part of that journey. And I think it goes back to what you were saying at the beginning about looking at the, um, you know, the, the stocks with your, with your father. It was the, you know, just the, the, the learning, the curiosity, and then taking that into college and that learning journey. I, I, you know, like it just seems to be a very much a win-win learning opportunity from a journey perspective, but also, I suppose, moving forward. And that's what's one thing I'd love to raise with you as well, Dan, is um, this sort of conversation we had beforehand about data-driven decision-making and involving analytics and the technology you mentioned as well. I mean, sort of what sort of steps are you taking there to, I suppose, get to the next level and, and keep moving forward? Right. So one of the things we're doing right now is we've gone through, and, and we do this pretty frequently, more frequently than you would think we do, uh, we evaluate our systems, what we're using. And so we're looking at our CRM system right now and our data warehouse, and we're in the process of converting those. So we're constantly looking at what is the next generation where we're collecting and storing our data that we're using. Because much like our finance department, we've got to trust it. We've got to trust that that data is correct. So we need to make sure that we have good data in our data warehouse and it's easily retrievable. It's stored properly. And same thing with our CRM where we're recording all this customer information. We need to make sure that we can get to it and that it's accurate and, and it's easy for our people to use so that not only are they driven to use it because they know what they're going to get out of it, but they're putting it in correctly. So they're making sure that they're using it for every interaction. It's really positive that we're sort of looking at the next generation, but like, how do you, I don't know, like, uh, how do you get that culture, that way of thinking so that people want to do that, you know, and know that it's important to do each of those little steps involved to, to make sure that they use it and can trust it. Right. So, you know, we're really blessed in our IT department. We have a, a person that heads it up, our director. He's very you know, forward thinking, very innovative, and he kind of drives that whole innovation throughout the organization. He's one of those drivers that he's constantly he's he's looking at what we're doing now and he's always thinking, how can we do this better? How can we do it quicker? That's a great question. And yeah. that kind of flows throughout the organization. When you get people like that, that are sort of leading the way, and when they come in with a new system or they make that conversion, that change, then what you see is other people realize that, you know, that, that worked. He, it was, it was, it might've been painful to go through that conversion, but look how much better off we are now that we've done that. 
I mean, there's a lot of this talk about finance transformation, embracing Industry 4.0 and all these technologies. But the way you've been sort of describing it is, are we? it seems to be a bit more like marginal gains, continually questioning how can we do this better? How can we do it faster? So for me, it's a bit like that movie, Any Given Sunday, where you're striving for the, the last inch, the next inch, you know, getting towards right. the line. Is it? Is it... Is it more the marital gains approach or is it more a, a transformation approach or, or a blend of the two? I mean, what is what is a good approach for those embarking on this journey to improve the culture, get more data driven? Like in your mind, is it a blend or is it, you know, um, a blend approach or marginal transformation approach that is the best? I think you have to look at the way things are nowadays, Andrew. It, it changes so quickly and you have to be ready to embrace change. So I think we're kind of in that transformational, we're, we're just always going to be doing some sort of transformational uh, approach. So yeah, yeah. I think I think the more we, we feel and the more we embrace change and technology as a driver, um, I think that that's really, it benefits the organization because things are changing so quickly. You can't just stay with the same systems. And yeah, you know, when I first started my career, we were in you know dot matrix printers and green bar paper and just all that stuff. And now it, you hardly use paper, and the systems are all in the cloud now. And you know you've got access anywhere, anytime, and it's quick. And there's so much more automation that's incorporated into systems. You know, you know RPA and automation that. It makes your job easier. We, yeah, that's one thing that we really focus on is is how can we not only automate the job but create that workflow so that it's just very simple for people to use this system and people to do this process. Um, you know, just from a few years back, we converted our payable system into you know a really true electronic data interchange where you know we. I would love to not have to do any more paper checks, but there are just some vendors who, who will not go away from that. And, and, we'll, and we'll, we'll, um, you know, we'll, do it, we'll do it the way they want. But being able to, you know, through this pandemic, what having that EDI, that, that electronic system has really helped us because we're working remotely and we just transfer ACH or EFT, the money to our vendors. And we don't, we don't miss anything. We don't lose anything. So it's just, always having that approach of how can we do this better and how can we make this more automated and i think that's great advice uh, for our audience dan and, uh, and i suppose look you know you've been giving us great great advice i mean what's been the best bit of advice you've ever received i'll tell you it really stems back to when i was working for a company it was probably about 20 years ago and i was sitting in the owner's office one day he and i had a really good relationship it was like a father-son relationship and he just looked at me and he said you know he said people don't act like this is their own business they don't act like it's their dollar that they're spending he said they have to think like the owner and it stuck with me for from that point forward every job i've had everything i've done I've always tried to embrace that. Think like the owner. Think like this is my money that I'm spending. I'm making a decision to spend this money. And it just allowed for me to have a much better connection to the business thinking that way, as opposed to this is just a job, do the job, get it done. But think like you own this company. That's a, no, that's a, that's really, really great advice. I think that'll resonate with a lot of our, lot, lot of our audience, uh, Dan. And I, I suppose resources-wise, I mean, if there's been a sort of any good book, document, or anything you've come across you found useful, I mean, is there something you could recommend our audience go check out? Yeah. So um, I would say one of the most impactful books that I've read probably in the last decade 
is a book called How to Have a Good Day by Caroline Webb. Uh, I love it. It's just a fantastic behavioral science book. And I've recommended it to many people. There's so many great bits in there. Oh, it's fantastic. And Andrew, I even have a book club at at work that I I started. And uh, (laughs) we read, we really focus mostly on behavioral science, um, you know, behavioral science. I was about to get into that because it just like for, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a business book per se, although there are examples in there from the business world and it's not one dedicated to finance or numbers, behavioral science. Just an interesting choice, Dan. I suppose, what, why would you, why would you pick the, the behavioral science one as opposed to a numbers one or a business one? Yeah. So what I really wanted to do, the, the objective there is behavioral science is really the way that for us to unlock, you know, to perform better. And if we understand the science, if we understand how our brain works and what motivates us, what drives us, then we're better in what, how we feel energized or rewarded, we're going to be better at what we do at work, no matter whether it's accounting and finance or it's marketing or whatever it might be, or, or on the field as a football player. It's really sort of getting down to what drives, what motivates, what rewards us, what inspires and keeps us going and makes us perform and be our best selves. And that's what really drove me. I've I've read a number of books on behavioral science and and two, it gives you that that kind of blueprint when you really get into the science of how do we do our jobs better and how do we how do we think about the process of what you know how we do our jobs. And it just really for me it was it's been, you know, it's been like a revelation and, and I've just I can't read enough of those books <laughs> yeah, you take something that. away with every one of them it's yeah yeah I, I always find that as well like it's just um it is just it's just interesting I was just thinking about it like it's something that on the journey to become an accountant you tend not to really go into these sort of things but actually how fundamental they are and I suppose we read more about it because we see how effective it is and I think we like the science element as well to give us a bit of a playbook to take some easy steps in because it is a big unknown for us uh, this behavioral side but I was sort of thinking as you were saying that there was a small tweak we made to our meetings just because you met you know trying to understand what motivates someone and how they're feeling we actually started asking that at the beginning of our meetings is you know when you check in you know, just let us know how you're feeling because I think mm-hmm. that sets the context and how we can interact and it actually makes for a much more human and a rewarding interaction and you can actually feel like you can help people more when you know what context they're operating from mm-hmm. so, so you know it's just it's not always about all the numbers sometimes some you know there's a lot of it to do with how people behave and just being human well Andrew you know it comes back to what we talked about earlier in the podcast is it's the people it starts with the people people and how we motivate people, how we understand what motivates people. And that's what this is about. That's what the behavioral science is about. So to your point, that's that's exactly what we, that's what I try to do. Yeah, I, I, I think you're becoming a pro at this, Dan, because like, I, you know, normally I'm the one that closed the loops there, but I think thank you for doing that one for me because I hadn't spotted that opportunity. So uh, so thanks for bringing it back. My pleasure. The loop for that one. <laughs> so, I probably so, lucked uh, into that one, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Good job, good job. Well, look, if it doesn't work out as a CFO, you know, you can always have a great career as a podcaster. So, uh, no, seriously, great one. Good, good stuff. And I suppose if our audience wish to continue the conversation, Dan, where's the best place to connect with you? At? So, if anybody wants to connect, you know, LinkedIn is. I've got my profile out there, and happy to connect with anybody who's listening and you know, has any questions. Uh, that's that's typically the best place to connect. 
Awesome. So I will put those links to not just the book, but also um, how to connect on LinkedIn there, Dan. And I, I suppose, look, we've had a great conversation. We've, we've covered loads of different topics. Uh, uh, but I suppose, you know, for audience, in terms of wrapping up, would you maybe have any parting thoughts for them? Yeah, I've been blessed in my career and I've been blessed that I've worked with great people. It's, it's always started with that. I've worked with great people, worked for great people. And the organization that I work for now, uh, the Hunt family, you know, if I, if I had to look back and say, what is the best job, the best opportunity I've ever had, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. And working for the Hunt family who have made so many contributions to professional sports and, you know, just to the community in general. Uh, and, the, and the Kansas City Chiefs, which are just such a, an organization rich in tradition, it's a privilege and I, you know, and I don't take it for granted. And, you know, you hear the, you hear the term, you know, live in the moment. Well, you know, going through the Super Bowl experience and being there, just every single moment of it was one of those times If there was ever a time to live in the moment, that was the time. But I just wanted to share that with everybody. But I would also say, you know, as far as career advice, embrace change and technology because change comes a lot quicker than you think it does. And when I look at my career over the past you know, 32 years, it's moved a lot faster than, than I would have ever imagined when I graduated. You know, embrace technology, embrace change because it's, it's always going to be there and technology is going to help you get through it, but your people are going to be the ones. So develop that trust with your people. Uh, those, those are some key takeaways that I would leave. Great takeaways. If there's nothing left for me to add other than to say, Dan, thank you so much for investing your time with us today and coming on the Strength in the Number show. Oh, it's been my pleasure, Andrew. Thank you for having me. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter, which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news, and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding, and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working, or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. When all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers.